back to the T-Cell Consultcast. Today's episode is going to be about backward design, um, also known as backward planning. So backward design was introduced by Grant Wiggins and Jane Matai in a uh, book in 2005. Um, and so both of these men are the key kind of leaders. Um, and you can look up some YouTube videos by Grant Wiggins and also um, in Van... Vanderbilt site. Um, there's a center for teaching and it's called Understanding Design. Um, and they have kind of a website that goes over backwards design and benefits of it too. So I will try my best to explain backward design. So it gets its name um, because you're kind of working your way backwards from a lesson than you normally would. So for example, the first step is for teachers to plan a lesson by determining what they want students to be able to accomplish by the end of the lesson. Um, and this is what teachers usually refer to as their lesson objectives. And usually they start with students will be able to, and then like an action word, what will they be able to do by the end of the lesson? So once the teacher has set objectives, the next step is for teachers to determine how they want to assess those objectives in order to determine if students were successful in meeting them. Um, and also maybe which students need more time in meeting those objectives and what students can move forward and maybe be challenged a little bit more. And this assessment given at the end of the lessons um, is what we call also a formative assessment, which should typically be used at, at the end of every lesson um, before, you know, we teachers give a summative assessment, which is kind of like a test or quiz. Um, so this is one way for teachers to differentiate future lessons too, um, because again, maybe by the end of one lesson, teacher uses the assessments and half the, maybe half the students are ready to move on and they get a little more challenging work and the other half needs some more time with this particular objective and this set of skills and knowledge, and so the teacher needs to work with those students in the next day. So now the teacher has the lesson objectives and the formative assessment that they'll be using for the lesson. Um, and so the final step of backward design is, or backward planning, is designing the activities in the lesson that will give students the knowledge and skills that will make them successful in this formative assessment that the teacher gives at the end of the lesson. And so when considering these activities, um, the teacher already has the objectives and assessments. And so um, it's important to keep in mind what activities make sense to use to be successful in these objectives. And also during this step when designing these activities, um, a teacher can provide scaffolding tools for students who may need it. Um, and use and help differentiate instruction so that all students can learn as best to their ability as possible. So now I'm going to try to break down a planning of a backward design model. So I start with um, a lesson for English language learners. Maybe to be, um, I'm working with past tense and using the past tense. So first I'm going to set my objective. So what do I want students to be able to do by the time the lesson's over? So um, maybe I want I want students be, to be able to use the past tense to tell a story using sequencing words like first, then, after that. Um, 
And so the next, my next step is assessment. What am I going to, what tool or how am I going to assess that students can do this, that they can use a use the past tense to sell a story using sequency words. Um, so for my assessment, maybe I make it students record a video of themselves talking about what they did over the weekend, maybe starting on Friday evening and ending on Sunday. Um, so now I have my objectives. I have the assessment I'm going to use. Now it's time to come up with activities to do during this, during the lesson um, so that students can be successful when telling their past tense story using sequency words. So um, the first thing obviously is to review past tense verbs. So maybe I go over past tense verbs and some direct instruction. Um, I could give students a practice like a fill in the blank type of worksheet. Um, and then, and this is where I could also provide a scaffold. So maybe, maybe students who need it, maybe have to have a list of past tense verbs, especially like the irregular ones to kind of glance at if they need help. Um, but students who don't need it won't be offered that, uh, kind of like a cheat sheet per se. Um, maybe I also need a refreshing of some sequencing, sequencing vocabulary, like first, then after that, maybe even start with like on Friday, on Saturday. And so maybe I have a comic that students look at, um, like a comic strip, um, and students kind of with a partner work together to talk about what happened in the comic strip, and they'll be using the past tense and sequencing verbs. And then finally comes the assessment and of recording a video and students talking about what they did over the weekend using past tense verbs and sequencing words. So after I have all student videos, um, now I know which students were successful at being able to use the past tense to tell a story using sequencing words and which were not. And those who were successful, um, maybe I give them kind of like a challenge project to work on the next day. And those who were not, um, I will design additional activities to do and some more scaffolding techniques so that so that I they can kind of redo the assessment and still meet the objectives for the day. So for example, maybe I give the students who met objectives a task to like write a postcard to a friend in a different country. Um, and maybe since then in the postcard, they'll be saying what they did. I'm using the past tense again. Um, and those who still need some work, um, go about like some different activities, kind of clear up misunderstandings, see where those students are having trouble, um, what I can do to help them. And then maybe a new assessment of, instead of maybe switching it up from what you do over the weekend, maybe what did you do during school, um, during the, what did you, what did you do during class today? Um, so then I, it's a little bit more clear. Students have a better idea of what they did since it had just happened. So in my personal opinion, I think backward design really works well um, and it helps teachers lesson plan and stay focused on really what's the whole point of the lesson and what, why are they doing this lesson? What do they want students to accomplish? And also, you know, students should always 
be kind of made aware of the lesson's objective, like what they will be accomplishing by the end of today. And then so that if they always ask, you know, and I get this a lot with middle schoolers, like, why do we have to do this? Or why are we doing this? Um, it's really easy for teachers to pinpoint why they're doing a certain activity because they want students to be able to accomplish something by the end of the lesson. So that's about it for backward design or backward planning. I hope you enjoyed and found it informative. Stay tuned for next episode. Bye.